Purple, get ready to roll indeed. This is College and Kimball. I am your host, Jeff Burkhart, breaking what has been a somewhat lengthy hiatus. Our last published episode dropped at the beginning of the 2022 calendar year. That, of course, coming on the heels of Kansas State's resounding victory over LSU in the Texas Bowl. Now, the reason I'm coming out of hibernation is to talk about a vital topic as it relates not just to Kansas State, but to the entire college sports landscape, and that's name, image, and likeness. The NCAA legislation, of course, passed several months ago, quickly for the uninitiated NIL, allows NCAA student-athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness via advertising, social media, so on and so forth. Now, what you're starting to hear about more and more in the sports news world are NIL collectives. These are organizations not directly affiliated with a university, but fans and alums can donate. I'll let our listeners apply a little bit of deductive reasoning here. The NIL Collective, after receiving those those donations, will then seek out NIL opportunities for current student athletes. Now that the table has been set, I am thrilled to talk to two of the co-founders of the Wildcats Den, a a couple of former standout wide receivers who played for Hall of Fame coach Bill Snyder, Aaron Lockett, and Curry Sexton. Guys, thanks again for being willing to to hop on here and to dive into what is a very broad and, and largely un, unmined topic. There's, there's a lot of unknowns here, and I'm hoping that today we can shed some light on some of these areas where there's some trepidation on the part of fans and alums and honestly just kind of a really just more than anything just to kind of gather some basic information about what what it is that you guys are going to be doing uh, on behalf of the Wildcats Den here as we move forward into this new era of college athletics so with all that being said I'll I'll pitch to you first and foremost uh, Curry I know you're the legal eagle here Aaron though I, I know you just entered into a new career venture yourself Yep, just launched in October, full-blown, uh, full-service sports agency, Next Page Sports, and so I'm, and I'm actually a sports agent as well. I say that only because there are people that own sports agencies that are not actual agents. Um, gotcha. Yep, but I actually do the on-field and off-field representation as well. So got a pretty strong team, but uh, yep, sports agency blowing and going. Yeah, and I work at a I work at a law firm here in Kansas City. I'm mostly practicing uh, civil and commercial litigation. Um, but we do have a sports and entertainment practice at the firm. And when NIL became, um, when NIL, when the NCAA policy changed last July, we launched uh, an NIL-related service. Um, so I've been practicing pretty, you know, pretty heavily in the NIL space for the last nine months or so. And then um, Aaron and Brian and I started talking about this collective. I think back in like September, October, yep. <laughs> um, and and have slowly been putting the pieces together and are finally now to the point where we're uh, ready to get this thing going. You guys have already kind of given us the background here on how it came to be and um, who, uh, let me ask uh, kind of a dumb uh, vain question here. Who came up with the name? Uh, I think it was was you. It it may have been, um, but it was one that we threw out there and, and we, we, we jumped on it pretty quickly. We had a couple of them that we thought about, but I mean, we've we've actually done a really good job as as working as a team 
um, working through this. But the thing I like about our team, we're not shy. And so if somebody doesn't like it, they're like, nope, we're not doing that one. And so yeah. pretty vocal on that point. Yeah. And we and we I think we we didn't want to, you know, there's so many of them that are out there just named like the Gator Collective or the Hoosier Collective. Sure. It's pretty generic. And so I think we tried to we tried to go away from just the Wildcat Collective. Um, you know, just have something a little bit more unique to, to K State. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe one of the stipulations, I know this is such early aughts and I'm sure Curry from the legal side of it too, like a lot of unknown territory, but I believe one of the key things is no imagery showing Kansas State University. If you're uh, if you're contributing to the collective, you know, as your guys position as the founders of the collective, you can't outwardly say Kansas State. You would have to go through the licensing process if we didn't want to utilize Mark's logos you know, state in in commercials or podcasts, whatever it might be that, that you know, that there's a that there's an affiliation there. Um, but for now, yeah, that that stuff is uh, is off limits. I don't know if you saw our initial the, the image that we post with that Aaron posted with the initial tweet. It didn't have any of K-State's marks or anything on it um, because obviously there, there would be a licensing issue there. So that, and that depends on it. That, that's a that's a state to state school to school. Um, issue there as far as licensing goes, but but K State doesn't permit it without you know without going through the proper protocols. As far as the state of Kansas is concerned, I don't know of many legal limitations that are currently in place. There's not a lot of laws governing NIL uh, as far as what Kansas athletes can obtain for name, image, and likeness. So Kansas has no state state, state NIL policies. So K State and other schools within the state are subject only to the limited NCAA policy, which is essentially no pay for play, and no recruiting inducements, um, and then their institutional policies. And so most institutional policies, I think probably all, have a provision in them that say you cannot engage in NIL activity that conflicts with a team or school contract. And so great example, um, K-State being a Nike school, one of their students couldn't go out, most likely couldn't go out and engage with Adidas or Under Armour. And similarly, K-State being a Gatorade school, um, or a, I think K-State's a Pepsi school, you, they couldn't, you know, the student athletes couldn't go out, assuming there was exclusivity in those contracts, couldn't go out and engage with, with those competitors. So yeah, there's, that's certainly something that we have to look out for. I want to kind of shift into what I think a lot of fans are concerned with now is that there's that stigma of this just being more or less legalized pay for play. Uh, and I guess first and foremost, how do you guys go about combating that that notion and, and trying to explain how this functions? Like, what happens if I contribute to the collective? What what does my dollar do from that point trickling down to the athlete to whom the endorsement is given? You know, from a fan or interested party standpoint, um, you know, NIL and now the collective allows you an opportunity to you know invest funds to a sport. Um, or or a specific athlete within that sport. And so what happens is uh, when those funds are collected um, into the collective or the Wildcats den, they will sit there until an actual service and or product is promoted for the athlete. And so that's the other side of it for the Wildcats den is putting together events that allow these student athletes um, to reap the funds that are sitting there. And so the disconnect between the actual party that's putting the money in and the actual receiving of it, um, there's no connection there other than you've identified where you want these funds to go. Um, but the service itself is put together through the Wildcats Den uh, or through a company. Uh, so our real goal is really just to bridge the community um, and the student athletes to see if we can build a stronger relationship there. 
Um, but those services will be provided, which will allow the student athletes to get paid for that. And and I'll and I'll further on that, Jeff. As as to the to the concern about this being paid for play, um, you know, our intent is to to provide services to people who are contributing to the you know to the collective um, to make sure that it you know that we're not simply just checking a box. I mean, obviously, we don't want to overburden these student athletes because um, if people are willing to compensate them in exchange for a service, you know, we 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 want to we want to find a balance there. Um, it probably won't be something as simple as sending out one tweet for, for 50,000 bucks. Um, but, you know, it, it's not going to be something as making them go spend two weeks, you know, interning at a facility, you know, something, something outlandish. Um, and so we are going to try to make sure that these student athletes are pro providing a legitimate service in exchange for the compensation. And then I will say on top of the, you know, what are the, you know, what can be provided, um, you know, we're going to get creative, but I think, you know, for instance, the you know the 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 bit we had we've had one deal and I'm not going to get into spe specifics on that deal, but that was a, that was a local company. They partnered with us, and they 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 specified the service, or I think they worked with Aaron to to specify the service that they wanted to be provided in exchange for that. And so I think we we would be open to that step as well. I mean, if in an easy example, let's say we have a, a a Johnson County dad who coaches his son's flag football team, and he says, hey. I want to give a thousand dollars to Deuce Vaughn for Deuce Vaughn to, to hop on a Zoom call and chat with my son's flag football team for 20 minutes. That's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of dialogue that we that we would be open to having. And this and, and if we don't have that dialogue, that's the kind of stuff that we will be considering as far as you know services in exchange for for compensation for the for the contributions. I should I should say. As far as your outreach and are are you trying to contact? You know, Curry, you gave some great examples there. Are are you reaching out to donors? Are you reaching out local businesses? What what's that process been like? What light can you shed on that? Um, well, I'll say for us, well, we we started with the local community, right? And so really starting to build a relationship with the restaurants, with the brands, um, and the businesses within Manhattan and the surrounding areas. And I think from there, organically. Um, we'll see it grow, right? And so I don't see us out there cold calling donors just to get them on board. I think what we're doing is building a foundation, um, and then I think it'll take off on its own. Um, we've always talked about Kansas State being one of those schools that are just like that family atmosphere. Um, and so as you can see, um, when we tweeted out just coming soon about what we're doing, um, it engages with the local community pretty quickly. And so from there, I think that's a benefit of being in a Manhattan, Kansas versus being in a Houston, Texas or a Los Angeles, California. It doesn't get mixed in with all the other things going on. And so from there, um, I just see us as an opportunity of starting to build a foundation where whether it's the local town center, which we've had conversations with, um, I just feel like we have an opportunity to do something special here in Manhattan. And I, and I think, uh, you know, we're we're. We're going to have a strong social media presence. I think that's going to be a lot of the, the marketing um, for the for the group. Um, but I think, like Aaron said, a lot of it's going to be organic. It's going to be sort of a grassroots type deal. Um, we, we've, you know, we have obviously not officially launched, and we've already had a lot of interest um, in the collective. And I think as as K State fans start to understand or or really get immersed in in NIL, um, the the interest is just going to it's just going to become heightened. Um, and so I think, you know, we obviously don't want to we have to be careful a little bit about we don't want to be stepping on on key states toes and 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 you know trying to trying to leverage relationships that they you know that they are trying to leverage at the same time and so um we're gonna you know we're gonna let people come to us for the most part we're not going to be reaching out and trying to uh to cold call people as aaron said and i think that'll 
really speak to the younger generation. It's really kind of the, that tangible item of seeing, being able to see my dollars going to something that's benefiting the university. And, and I know the Ahern Fund obviously exists and has done great things for K-State student athletes for years and years and years, but it, that, that aspect of it is never going to go away. This is really verging into new territory, and it's something I think all generations of K-State fans are really going to need to embrace, as you guys say. And, and I guess, Curry, you, you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier about having a deal kind of struck where the, the, the invested party was very specific about the type of service and whatnot. Do you, do you know or what can you divulge about maybe, I guess, the level of transparency in terms of if I, you know, if and when you guys solicit a certain donation, are donors, are they allowed to get that granular in terms of what they, the service that they want? Or if it's just kind of a blanket donation, are you obligated to tell them what the money ultimately ends up filtering out to? Yeah. So the way we look at it is that, you know, as you go through the process, you'll have to identify yourself as an individual and or as a corporation, right? And so if you're a corporation, um, and if you want your, we'll call it flying your flag, right? If you want, if you want uh, marketing promotions based on being sponsored by your corporation, um, then obviously you'll see the back end of your dollars that's put in, right? Based on the event itself, and we'll say sponsored by this corporation. If you're just an individual um, that's putting money in, we want to limit just the baseline, as you mentioned. Hey, can you come to? my son's birthday party. We want to limit those a little bit, right? Because you have a platform called Cameo that does those similar things for student athletes today, right? So student athletes are signed up on Cameo and basically that's where you get the birthday requests and all those. What we're trying to do is more either team oriented um, so we can do bigger type activities with the, with the team or if you're highlighting an individual within the team, um, example, um, let's say the Hayes community puts money together and wants to uh, sponsor some Hayes athletes. Then what we'll do is we'll have a bucket of funds in the Wildcats and for these Hayes athletes. And then we'll put an event together that highlights these Hayes athletes and, and provide a service. And from there, we can communicate, like you said, via social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Um, once the event is over, we'll have pictures and video and content and all of that so people can kind of see uh, what took place. But then those Hayes athletes would receive those funds as well. And so we're trying to do it more on that level. Um, but we'll go through consultations with everybody that's willing to invest as we go through this process. Um, and so there's an initial questionnaire that fills out that gives you pretty detailed information. And from there, we want to make sure the intent is correct. And so nobody will just be submitting funds um, without having a conversation with the Wildcats Dan. And, and, I, and I will say, you know, we want you know, we want to have that dialogue with the people who are contributing. Um, and, and that part of that will be, you know, will, will occur through the questionnaire. But I think we, we, we have to be a little bit careful here. Um, we have to respect these student athletes. We have to respect their time. Um, and their commitments to their respective sports. And if we have people giving 10 bucks and asking for, you know, asking for Deuce Vaughn to come to their house and hang out for the day, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff we can't be enabling. Um, and so we're going to have to, there's going to have to be a careful balance. I mean, you know, and we'll figure it out as we go, but um, we obviously are going to very much welcome and appreciate some of the student athletes money, you know, from, from a dollar to, to a million dollars. Um, but, you know, we, we, we're going to, we're going to have to carefully structure the services that are being provided um, to make sure that we're not overburdening these student athletes. Because if we start taking away, if we start taking up all their free time, um, their coaches are going to become upset with us, and, and yeah. it's going to make the, it's going to make this mission a little bit more difficult. No doubt about that. And I know everybody says work smarter, not harder, necessarily, <laughs> but but uh, at the end of the day, you know, obviously, still got to be bit, putting in the time and the hours and practice field and weight weight room and whatnot. The next area I kind of wanted to steer into as, as far as staffing, I know it, it obviously you guys 
really just co-founding this and getting this moving here within the last couple of months. Are, are you going out and are you recruiting anybody to uh, help in terms of managing the day-to-day operations? What's what's that process been like? Yeah, yeah, we've I've, I've got a team, uh, you know, through through the marketing side of it that definitely will be on site. Well, we're actually thinking of broadening out and, and bringing interns on board as well. So we've already talked to the College of Business. Um, and so we're looking to make this uh, a benefit for Kansas State University, right? And so it's one of those things is where there's a ton of students now that want to be in sports marketing. Um, that's on campus, right? And so this is an opportunity for them, um, like I said, maybe three or four to be part of the, the internship with the Wildcats then that then can be part of these events and they can start getting some credits as well. And so there, there's a, a bigger plan that we're thinking of as far as going through this, but strategically, um, the Wildcats then would also work these events, right? And so we'll do them to where they're not back to back. And so it doesn't feel like, as, as Curry mentioned, we're not taking 100% of the athlete's time or you're not giving enough attention to one event itself. Right. And so based on that, we strategically can plan out how we want it to work. What's the, maybe the the rules as far as NCAA governances go? Like, are you allowed to reach out to have any kind of interactions with with coaches outside of just like, you know, requesting the time of the athlete? What we'll do is we'll get a point of contact through the athletic department um, through compliance, most likely. Um, and so compliance is duly on. And so with NIL, all deals, um, they're asking to be disclosed to the athletes. And so they do them anyway. So any NIL deal that student athletes are doing today goes through compliance just so they're aware within 72 hours of signing the deal. And so based on that, we'll work with compliance to make sure they're fully aware of what's taking place. Um, conversations with coaches will probably be limited. Right. And so we don't want to be persuaded to do a certain thing. But obviously, um, we'll answer questions where, where we're there. Right. Um, but it's one of those things where the purpose of a collective is to be a third party that's that's outside of the athletic department. Um, and so they're hands off on the aspect of, of how it works and, and what goes through. But um, fully transparent, knowing that we have to have some type of working relationship um, just based on the athlete's well-being and making sure that we're in compliance uh, just for the student athletes. And, and and to to further that um, the there's a lot of uncertainty as to whether or to what extent institutions can be involved with the actual NIL process. Um, the NCAA has given no guidance to that effect, um, and so then it goes down to that state level. Um, one of the interesting pieces of the, the the first you know the early stages of NIL is at this time last year. Um, people were aggressively, you know, they were aggressively maneuvering to pass NIL legislation on a state at the state level. Um, and so I think 28 states have have passed legislation. And those people thought that they would be in, they would be in the driver's seat. They would be in a better position than those who did not. Well, as it turns out, the people who enacted state legislation have many more restrictions that are imposed upon their inst- the institutions within those states than the states that don't have NIL legislation at the state level. Um, and so we've seen, so like Florida and Alabama, for instance, they passed state legislation and they realized that it was hindering their school, their, their institution's ability to go out and facilitate this NIL activity. And so they're trying to repeal those state statutes. And so in a state like Kansas, um, the inquiry becomes, or the analysis becomes, what involvement can Kansas State University, can the athletics department have in NIL? Well, schools in, in, that, in that situation are taking two different approaches. You have some schools that are saying, 
we're just going to say we're we're just going to assume the NCAA is going to permit this, and we're going to be very much involved. Let's use Ohio State for instance. Ohio State has set up an instant or an arm of their athletic department within their athletic department that is going to actually facilitate NIL deals. So they're going to be like the Ahern Fund. Instead of trying to generate money for facilities, they're going to be actively trying to generate money for NIL. And then there are schools like K-State who are a little more weary of the NCAA permitting the Ohio State level of activity. And so they're much more on board with a third party unaffiliated with the university taking that responsibility. That way, in the event the NCAA you know, intends to crack down, they haven't they haven't violated any any you know any NCAA policy that may be unknown at this point. I've not seen any stories here as of late that have indicated that the NCAA will at least here in the early stages try to regulate this. Have 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 either of you seen any kind of literature coming out that says as much or no? There were two deals in the fall. Um, there was a BYU group deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you heard My- about that one. They had mm-hmm. a a, uh, a big donor of theirs did did a football team-wide group deal um, where everybody on the football team got paid. Um, walk-ons got paid at the level of a full of a full scholarship. So so they they effectively helped BYU sidestep sidestep any um, scholarship limitations. And then there was a Miami group deal where a where a um, an alum um, who op- owns and operates MMA gyms across the country offered every every single football player so much money per semester those two group deals were reportedly being investigated by the ncaa though nobody really has any idea what what was being what was being investigated was it pay for play um was it was it school involvement um we don't know and so so i do think the ncaa in light of what has transpired over the last 12 months or so I think is 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 cautious is cautiously and carefully observing this activity, and I I do think at some point they're going to crack down because, you know, otherwise they're they're effectively um, they're they're effectively without any sort of authority over this over this space. And I guess at the end of the day, too, this is because this is unregulated at the moment. It, you and I, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the the quarterback's name who just committed to Tennessee for the eight million dollars worth of NIL money. But in, in the same breath, I, 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 you mentioned K-State wanting to be cautious, not being as brazen as Ohio State and literally like setting something up directly tied to the university. Your money could, you know, there are schools that are going to get burned that are going to dump eight million into a quarterback. He comes in, starts you know, one season and then maybe they recruit over him and somebody takes his spot and then he transfers. I mean, I, I think I'm trying, I guess I'm trying to frame this in a way where, because a lot of K-State fans, particularly the older generation is still very apprehensive about diving and wading into this water because K-State fans, as I'm sure you both know, uh, have, have taken such an immense amount of pride in, in, in running and, and being associated to clean programs, the, the the thing I wanted to ask you guys next is like how how do you approach that aspect of it with K State fans if if you get put in contact with somebody and, and that person that business whatever that they don't want to dive in because they're so either so scrupulous or or it's just a matter of concern that the NCAA might come knocking one day and they might draw those dollars back to them how I guess how how are you trying to frame the long-term benefit of what NIL can do for Kansas State 
to those people who are that apprehensive about donating? What I will say is NIL is real. Um, and just from my track record, from the deals that I've done here over the last couple of months, um, corporations like H&R Block and Wingstop and Academy, they're diving fully into NIL, right? And so corporations at that level um, are starting to feel the comfort and the benefit of it. Um, and so what I would say is that obviously for us, um, us being ex-athletes and alumni of the university, um, we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're doing anything illegal as well. And so we're very um, structured about what exactly you can do, right? And so just for perspective, um, in order to really do an NIL deal correctly, there's only there's three main ways it can happen. Um, and so it's either from the company directly to the athlete, or you have to be able to practice law in that state or be registered as an athlete agent um, within that state. Those are the three ways that they've highlighted that you should do a deal through NIL based on they don't want a family member or a cousin doing a deal for you and getting paid off of you um, unless you're legally registered. Right. And so myself being legally registered as an agent in the state of Kansas, um, Curry being able to practice law um, allows us to be in this space right now. And so um, that plus working through uh, compliance with Kansas State has given us a comfort level that the dollars that are coming in, um, we're making sure they're being spent the right way. Um, very transparent. Um, our audit trail is 100% accurate. Um, everything we're doing is within the guidelines of NIL that allows Kansas State to do it. What I will say is if you don't play in this space, and this is a conversation for the for the older generation, you're actually handicapping Kansas State more because other universities will play in this space. And it's the number one question for high school athletes coming out through the recruiting process is what are you guys doing for NIL? Prime example, um, Deuce Vaughn being one of the top players on our Kansas State football team, they're going to say, what type of NIL deals and what are you guys doing for Deuce? If we don't have a platform that we can speak to, you may lose the interest of that student athlete because NIL is important. Everybody's not guaranteed to make it pro. So this may be an opportunity for that athlete to make some money at the college level that could help his family or himself or herself. Right. And so because of that, now the conversation could say we have Wildcats Den which is a platform that's there to benefit our student athletes through name, image, and likeness. That gives a comfort level through the recruiting process. So it is a conversation that is taking place today, and it is important that Kansas State has this platform in order to be part of that conversation. And, and I would add to that, I mean, we're, you know, NIL is, is legal. It's permissible. Um, and, and like Aaron said, it's real. It's occurring all, all across the country. So our engagement in, a, in a NIL and our facilitation of that for K-State student athletes is 100% permissible. And so by engaging in that, we're not doing anything that is violating any, any applicable policy or law. And like Aaron said, it is our, it is our express and, and it is complete intention to be fully compliant with any applicable laws and policies. Because um, we, we, we appreciate and acknowledge K-State doing things the right way. And like Aaron said, we don't want to jeopardize um, our, our alma mater. And then, and I would say, you know, to, to Aaron's point, this is the the nil arms race is a lot like the facilities arms race was 15 or 20 years ago um, and as as we all are very well aware k-state was well behind in that arms race up until up until john curry came to k-state in, in 2008 um, and i would say now we're in a position where our facilities are really really strong and now we have to be able to 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 remain competitive in the nil space because it's going to affect recruiting and it's going to it's going to affect retention 
Um, if we can't if we can't provide these NIL benefits for our for our prominent uh, for our prominent student athletes, we're going to lose them and we're not going to get others to replace them. Um, and so I think it's I think it's incredibly important that that people really um, you know to the extent that they're able get invested in this because it's going to help K State remain competitive um, on, on the playing surface. And hopefully this is something where you potentially see it also reduce attrition as well, that everybody talks so often about transfer portal. Well, if you have opportunities for athletes to continue to profit and, and, you know, maybe they're not getting the playing time that they feel they're entitled to or whatever the case may be, if there's still those monetary opportunities out there, who knows, they maybe are more inclined to stick around for another year. And maybe that, you know, maybe they start getting more reps or more, you know, more minutes, whatever the case ends up being. It's, it's all part of the game now. And Curry, you, you illuminate a, a great point there. I think a lot of K-State fans were, are, are still kind of in that mindset of we need the toys type of thing. And when you really look at it, we've got the toys. Like if you look at, the training table, the new veneer complex, the the new indoor outdoor facility that's supposed to be completed here in 2022, and, and even looking at what's going to happen with volleyball, soccer, and the new facelift that was done to Toynton, like I think Kansas State has one demonstrated. Yes, we we have great architects that were contracted with and engineers <laughs> and whatnot, and we 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 love pumping money into those and 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 giving back in that sense. But I, I think we have all the requisite facilities that you need to be competitive at a power at what is currently still a power five school. And that's another big element of this that I think a lot of K-State fans really need to start to consider is perception standpoint. What does happen to the big 12 when Oklahoma and Texas leave? Because a lot of people still seem to believe that, well, yes, the product itself, this is probably still going to be a very competitive conference and you're bringing in some very high-end basketball programs like Cincinnati and Houston, and you're going to have some great football with BYU. And, and I mean, they all have their own merits and whatnot, but you you really don't know what the the perception of the, the, the new look Big 12 will be after Oklahoma and Texas leave. So for Kansas State to continue to remain attractive at a high level, if there is another shakeup, another round of realignment where if the Big 12 gets attempt if somebody attempts to break up the big 12 again if we do go to that four super conference model you, you want to do everything in your power to make sure k-state's in a position to to still have a, a seat at the dance so to speak and i think and having winning programs will do that and to that end you what you guys are, are, are spearheading now is going to go a long way in ensuring that k-state has hopefully has that seat at that table for many years to come and, and aaron curry thank you again, so much for all your time here. And before we do cut you loose, uh, I just kind of wanted to give you guys an opportunity to sound off a any parting thoughts about just, again, the overall work that you're doing, where fans can go to find out more information about it. So on April 20th, uh, we'll officially launch uh, the Wildcat stand, right? And so website will be available. They can go out there and get some pertinent information. They can contact us through the website. Um, from there, it, all, it also will give you opportunity to invest directly. Um, through there, you'll get the questionnaire. You can fill out the entire questionnaire, put your information in, um, and then that will kick in um, to our team. And then we'll have uh, a consultation behind the scenes and we'll connect um, with the entry for uh, the questionnaire. And then we'll start from there. And so that really is how it will work. Like you said, um, it'll evolve over time. But for the most part, um, I'm just excited that we now have something for Kansas State um, that not, not only benefits the student athletes, 
Um, but it also gives us an opportunity, like I said, to bring the community closer. And so excited for what the future of Kansas State looks like, and I'm excited for Wildcats Den. As Aaron said, I mean, we're going to be, when we when we open this thing on April 20th, we want to hit the ground running. Uh, we want to really generate a lot of excitement as we lead into as in, into the fall sports season. Um, and ultimately, I think, it, you know, for, for K-State fans out there, I think we're one of the very few um, number of Power 5 institutions that, do, that don't have the national championship. Um, and I'm not I'm not here to say that this collective is going to help us get there. But um, but 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 that is our intention. Our intention is that for, for this collective to to become a, a household name and to to really support K-State athletes, which will in turn um, support, you know, and, and assist the, the recruiting efforts and ultimately will help elevate our sports programs. Um, and so I think if, if you're interested in helping K-State achieve a national championship, I think this is the way to do so um, for so long. You know, you've talked about wanting to have nice things and have the toys and, and, and the fancy buildings. We have that. But if you're a donor, big or small, you've never been able, you've always been able to maybe look around, you know, look around the landscape and say, well, I helped contribute to that. Well, now with NIL, let's say you give us $1,000 to go to, let's say, Aoka Lee. You can go to a women's basketball game or watch a women's basketball game on ESPN Plus, and you can sit there with a smile on your face knowing, I, I supported Aoka Lee directly. I gave her $1,000 that may have helped her stay at K-State and avoid going to the WNBA or going across seas to play. Um, I helped her stay at K-State, which helped elevate K-State's women's basketball program. And the same could be said for any number of sports. And so I think in that respect, NIL is, 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 is super cool because you're going to be able to look on the playing field and understand that you've helped you've helped keep those players on that playing surface. Um, and so I think K-State fans are, you know, K-State fans are smart people um, and they love their sports teams. And I think they're going to get fully invested in this. And I think our collective is going to be, you know, extremely competitive um, on the NIL collective uh, landscape. Any Kansas State fan and alum should absolutely want that to be the case as we venture further into this new age of college athletics. You two have demonstrated that you've been beyond diligent in researching this topic, which is still largely uncharted territory. You're both doing everything in your power to stay at the forefront of NIL and seeking out those opportunities for Kansas State student athletes. I would like to think and hope that K-State fans can appreciate that fact in and of itself. But with that being said, I do want to get on a soapbox here for just a moment as we get set to close things out. I'll preface this all by saying I don't want it to come off as me voicing a PSA for the Wildcats Den NIL Collective, nor do I want this to sound like I'm undermining the function of an athletic scholarship. I've been an Ahern Fund donor for several years now. No, I'm not a big money giver, as you might assume, but I've wanted to contribute to the school, which has given me so many wonderful memories during the course of my life. I, I cherish those early days of my childhood, going to then Bill Snyder Family Stadium with my parents for some elite high-level football. I started undergrad at a very entertaining point in time in K-State sports history with the introduction of new coaches in the two big money sports, football and men's basketball. I met my wife at a lineup for the K-State KU basketball game in 2009. I proposed to her outside of the alumni center where she interned during her final year as undergrad. As you might assume, we both hold degrees from Kansas State. We had our engagement photos taken on campus. We've started a family and we've taken our kids to games. And 
I understand that every person who is listening to this is not at that stage in his or her life. This is not meant to alienate anyone. However, I do want to believe that every K-State fan, to a person, wants this university and its athletic programs to field teams which are competing for championships in a power conference. The way this occurs moving forward is through NIL. Now, I wanted to revisit and reinforce a couple of the salient points that were brought up by Aaron a little bit earlier in the interview. He said one of the first questions out of prospects' mouths right now is what NIL opportunities are out there for me if I am to sign with your school? Fans should not be condemning high school athletes for asking about NIL. And furthermore, the other point Aaron mentioned is that other institutions are leaning into this very aggressively. If Kansas State is not willing to respond in kind, there will be not just peer institutions, but in some cases, lower-level G5 schools in football, mid-majors in basketball, that start landing the services of high school prospects that Kansas State is recruiting simply because those schools happen to have an aggressive and effective NIL collective and strategy in place. I don't want to see that happen, nor should any Kansas State fan. And to, to bring it all home, the point that Curry brought up is the one that should perhaps resonate most with K-State fans, and I, I cannot reiterate this point enough myself. This is above board now. The NCAA has given this the green light. And perhaps this is where I will implore Kansas State fans to revisit any of their preconceived ideas surrounding the NCAA's outdated amateurism model. I'm not trying to use this platform to convey any kind of message as a fear tactic. I'm really just stating the reality. NIL is going to be a part of the student-athlete experience from now on. From day one of a prospect's recruitment to signing day, the first day he or she sets foot on a practice field or a gymnasium to their respective senior days. NIL is here to stay. As I mentioned earlier, the thing I want to see most is Kansas State University continuing to field competitive teams that are in the hunt for championships in a high-level conference. Embracing the Wildcats Den and any other collectives will be a significant step in that process. With all that being said, I will formally dismount from my soapbox and offer up my endless thanks to Curry Sexton and Aaron Lockett for their time. You can find those two on Twitter at Curry Sexton, C-U-R-R-Y-S-E-X-T-O-N, and Lockett Agency 21, and in case you didn't know, Lockett, L-O-C-K. E-T-T Agency 2-1. The collective's handle is at Wildcats Den KSU. Again, the site goes live in earnest on April 20th. If you're interested in supporting the collective, I would strongly encourage you to follow all three of those Twitter handles and seek out the information when it becomes available. Now, for the sake of transparency to our listeners, I... I'm not going to promise any new content here in the immediate future. Admittedly, I have a lot of life things happening at the moment, having just started a new job a couple of months ago. 
my wife and I are attempting to put our house on what is just a stupid market at the moment. And in addition to all that, we have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So downtime is at a premium <laughs> for me. But I will say that Justin Nutter and I do intend to resurface during the summer months as we look down the barrel of the 2022 college football season. So more content to come, not just here in the immediate future. All that being said, follow us on Twitter at college underscore Kimball. My handle is Jeff underscore Burkhart. Thank you all again for listening. Feel free to give us a rating and review on iTunes if, if you have a few moments. And with all that said, we'll close it out the way that we always do. Cats, man. If you know, you know. Yeah.